This is episode 70. In this episode, you'll meet Angelica Ojeda, the Sol Realtor. She tells us about her journey to becoming a real estate agent, and she shares with us how important it is to stay true to yourself as a service professional. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos! It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Welcome everybody to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And we're so close to the end of 2020. Yay! I'm so excited about that. Um, And I have a podcast guest here for you. Um, I don't think I've had anybody in this in this type of business or industry on my podcast before. So can you please introduce yourself? Yes, of course. My name is Angelica Ojeda, and I'm a realtor here in the Bay Area uh, with Radius Agent Realty. Uh, So I'm super excited to be on. Like I was telling you prior to uh, recording is this is my first time being a podcast guest. So I am super grateful for this today. (laughs) I'm excited. Even though this is your first uh, time being a podcast guest, you are not new to podcasting, right? But we will get into that a little later. But first, we want to get to know you uh, personally. So what's your favorite food? Oh, that's a great question because I'm pretty basic in terms of my favorite foods, like I can eat bean and cheese burritos like every single day. <laughs> um, rice and beans is probably like my go-to. Um, but other than that, I would say Mexican food, Italian food, pizza. That's probably my life. <laughs> um, what is your favorite color? Oh, I love the color orange. Uh, Back in the day, probably when I was maybe like seven or eight, my mom used to have like an old school uh, buggy convertible and it was orange. So I always like uh, related to that as my favorite color because it was like good times during that moment. VW bug. Yes, it was super cute. Well, you play yeah. the game and you punch your, your cousin or sister. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I've always remembered that and orange has always stuck with me till that day. So yeah, that's my favorite color. Oh, that's so cool. What is the last song you listened to? Oh, it was this morning. Uh, so I, I didn't always listen to Spotify. My boyfriend was the one that put me on Spotify, but Spotify has some great playlists. Mm -hmm. So my playlist right now is uh, Neo Soul Alternative or Neo Soul Trap. So I get like these really nice, low key uh, R&B artists that come on and I don't know, it's really good. You should check it out. So it's like the new era of R&B? Kind of. Yeah, I would say so. Hmm. Yeah. 
Nothing compares to 90s R&B, though. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> there are some classics. Yeah. What's the last book you read? So I'm an avid reader. I'm a part of uh, a book club I created with some friends. Well, my cousin's wife. But the last one I read was by Elizabeth Acevedo. And it was Clap When You Land. It's a young adult book, but I really love that author and that book. So if you guys are interested, please go check it out. If you want a quick read or whatnot, I cried. And it was so relatable. Like I was like, oh, I love this book. But um, yeah. What's it about? It's about a um, two sisters who have no idea who they are. One sister's in the Dominican Republic and the other one's in the States in New York. And their father passes away from a um, airplane flight and they basically connected after he passed away but it's like a whole story that's weaved pretty beautifully so mm. it definitely takes you deep into um, their roots and their story so yeah I would definitely recommend and the way she writes is very uh, like poetic mm. so, yeah it's really nice hmm. yeah I can go on about books <laughs> I have this whole shelf of books right here next to my bed. And I'm just like, I want to read that one. I want to read that one. But when and when and when I just actually, I just told my mom, I'm like, we need to have like a winter break reading challenge or something. Cause I need to at least read one more book before the year ends. <laughs> so that would be dope. Yeah. You should do it. <laughs> um, okay. If you could meet one person dead or alive, who would that be? Wow. That's a tough question because I would meet a lot of people. I, I would want to meet like so many dead people. Top <laughs> five. That, top, top five. five. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So the first person that came to mind was Frida. Frida mm -hmm. Kahlo. Uh, the second person would probably be Prince. Um, the third person would probably be Audrey Hepburn. Um, the fourth person would probably be Selena. Uh, the fifth person would probably be, you said dead or alive, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the person, the fifth person would probably be somebody alive. I would say Barack, Barack Obama. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a nice little party there. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us something that only a handful of people know about you? That you're willing to share with a lot more than a handful of people? <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting question, too. Let's see that only a handful of people know about me. I'm pretty forthcoming. So I would say between my parents, I'm the only child. Uh, mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that not a lot of people know about me. Yeah. Hmm. So you have siblings, but they're all like half siblings or stuff. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, growing up, I definitely had a lot of cousins to play with or a lot of friends. So it wasn't like people sometimes say like, oh, you have like the only child syndrome or like, you know, mm -hmm. it was like isolating. But for me, I don't think it was as isolating as people think it is when being the old only child mm -hmm. and that's because I had so many cousins or I have so many cousins and 
um, so many uh, friends or whatnot. And I, a lot of people may not know this about me, but I would consider myself like a Bay Area gypsy because I have moved around a lot uh, throughout my life, like tons um, from birth, all within all the-, the Bay Area. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, tell us where have you lived, girl? That could be <laughs> that could be <laughs> a like, whole podcast. Like that would be like episode. a yeah. That would be like a whole therapy session. <laughs> okay, uh, the range. <laughs> then <laughs> okay, I would say I have lived as far out as Vegas. That was like an outlier, but as far out as uh, Stockton, all mm-hmm. the way as far out as San Jose. Mm-hmm. So that direction and then um to the Mm. valley that was probably the farthest yeah Mm. and everywhere in between (laughs) yeah basically all right well let's talk about um identity and how do you self-identify I'm glad you asked this question because I know prior to us uh, on getting on this podcast like you sent me some questions and This one, I would say, is very heavy just because I identify as a Latina or Latinx American, uh, and this could be another conversation that can take, like, your whole podcast because Hmm. there's such a disconnect with, uh, like, lineage or with your culture because, you know, I am Latina or I'm Mexican, uh, to be exact, but, you know, for instance, I've gone to Mexico for vacation and stuff. And like, I've met people out there and they're like, oh, you're not Mexican, you're American. And so like, there's these, uh, disconnections where it's like, you basically have to prove your culture or you have to prove your roots. And so it's, uh, like the farther you get into your generation. So I'm like third generation, like Bay Area, pedestrian, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And so the further down you get, the further you lose your culture, unless you pass it on or teach it to your future generations. And so for me, uh, that's what's important to me is like to make sure I still hold on to certain things. Um, that either one wasn't passed on to me or it's my job to like pass them on to my future generation. So yeah, that was like a great question, but at the same time, it's kind of like um, a gift and a curse, if that's the right words to say, because, you know, we're so disconnected. I don't know if you can agree to that or not, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always something lost from generation to generation, but there's always something new gained as well. Um, And the reality is that um, a lot of it doesn't have to do with our parents or grandparents. It has to do with a larger society and stuff like that. So, yes, it is a very, very heavy question, (laughs) but I ask this because it's this question is not asked enough so no that's true it's important I'm glad you asked it Hmm. so what does the term cultural identity mean to you I think for me what cultural identity means is being a part of a collective or a group that you gravitate towards and that could be 
someone who is a part of your family or someone that's like not blood related at all, like whoever your tribe is, I think that is who you culturally identify with. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, growing up here in the Bay Area, I feel like I'm culturally, I don't want to say diverse, but like, I just feel like I'm super connected to so many different people who have so many different backgrounds. It's amazing. Um, But I'm not saying like the Bay Area is like so anti-racist because there are some things out here that I've seen and I'm just like, holy shit, Mm -hmm. I can't believe people are like that. But I think that, um, yeah, I think if you're a part of a collective or someone or people who you gravitate towards and like that's your people, I think that's how I culturally identify with is just a whole big collective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that answer. I mean, that's pretty much what everybody says. It's just everybody says in a different way. (laughs) Yeah. So what is your business or what are your projects that you're working on or tell us what? Yeah. And how did you all and how did you start? So for me, like I mentioned before, when I introduced myself, I am a realtor that's my profession. Uh, To give you like a little bit of a background, I have about seven years of real estate experience in different sectors. So I have been in property management, leasing. I also have done some redevelopment and also I've worked with home builders for construction and also commercial property management. And now I am working as a realtor, so I had to get licensed, and that has always been in the back of my head to get my license, and I just got my license probably uh, a year and a half ago, so it's been a long time coming, but I just took my time doing it, and it's been really great so far just because there's so much education to learn uh, about real estate and like the, the growth has been real. I could say that thus far. And I am basically like connecting the dots right now, just because a lot of times, um, there have been so many different realtors that I've met so far and they only see being themselves being as a realtor. Whereas for me, I have like a, a different path, I guess everyone has a different path, but I feel like um, also I, um, as a sidebar, I also uh, went to San Jose State and I was going to get my master's for urban planning. So I completed a year for that. And what interests me is the connection with community. Like community is very important and the importance of having green spaces or having art on the sidewalk, you know, Mm -hmm. like public art or you know, just community centers and different things like that, that helps a community thrive is what I see the importance in having in different cities, especially underdeveloped cities um, in here in the Bay Area. So there's a lot of things that I have that I know I'm on the right path, um, such as getting my real estate license and first starting at the grassroots of like helping individuals And then further along in my career, I'm going to do development and, you know, uh, build different projects or 
things of that magnitude. So it's, uh, these are my baby steps right now. So it, it's been great. Um, I've met a lot of great people along the way. I've been learning a lot of uh, things and, um, uh, also to how you and I connected, I do have a podcast. It's called What's Up Real Estate. Mm-hmm. And that also has been great too, because it's almost like a therapeutic session with people that I meet because uh, everyone has many different journeys and uh, it is more focused on the BIPOC communities where we want to come together as collective and just to learn and educate the populations about Uh, real estate. So that's another thing about me. Hmm. So currently you're a real estate agent and a podcast creator, podcast host. Um, And you have a lot of experience under your belt. (laughs) But how did you decide to make the move? And then you also, you went to get your master's degree. Um. Did you come, did I don't remember you saying, did you complete it or like what, what happened? How did you, it seems like there were a lot of pivots on your path. Can you share with us the pivots and like, why were they so, like, why, why was it so important for you to pivot like in the moments that you did? Yeah. So that's a great question too. So I did not complete my master's for like multiple reasons, but I got the information that I needed Mm-hmm. Uh, that one year because um, it was a two-year program, but mm-hmm. basically the real estate development side of things, like that is what drew me to this program. And I got all that, got, ugh, can't talk. I got all of that information. Um, and then during that time is when I was studying for my real estate license as well. Mm-hmm. And so it was pretty much parallel and I was working at the time in property management. So I was juggling a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally I decided, um, because I was in San Jose, I was living in San Jose at the time. And finally I just decided like, okay, like this is what it is. And I'm going to just focus on getting my real estate license. And I did. Hmm. And what do you feel like, cause you, you told us that you have this like bigger vision what do you feel that your current mission, like what your current vision, what you're working on now, how is that helping your bigger vision for the future? That's a great question too. So currently I want to just help all the people that I can to either buy a home or invest in a home or invest in a commercial property or whatnot. And that's my goal is to take these baby steps. And then along the way is network um, because I've noticed that with networking, it has opened a lot of doors for me. So just continuing to network and continuing to um, meet different people because you never know like who you're going to come across. And I feel like when I'm in this realm of real estate, there's so many different people that are educating me, whether they know it or not, uh, or they will connect me to someone else who may be in a different field or who may be a developer, or there's so many different, um, things to look forward to when 
I'm surrounding myself with people who are like-minded or people who have similar pathways or some similar goals. So it's been good so far. Um, yeah, I would, I would say that for sure. So how does your cultural identity affect the way that you run your real estate business? And second question, same question. How does your cultural identity affect the way you uh, run your podcast? Okay. So you have, you have some really good questions, girl. <laughs> That's what I do. I ask questions. I know. I like those questions. I question so, life. All right. I got in trouble for it a lot when I was younger, but now hey. I get paid for it. I know that's, that's the same for me. I, I have to tell people sometimes like, Hey, if I ask too many questions, like, let me know, because I don't want to like step over boundaries or anything like that. And so far, so good. Not never ask too many questions. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I have, but, I, but along those lines, I have seen how people get kind of de defensive about it. And I'm just like, I'm not questioning you. I'm questioning for clarification because I have a really analytical mind and I like to know how things work. And then when I say that, people are like, oh, okay. Because a lot of people get really defensive when I ask questions. Wow. I, I could see that though. I, I could definitely see that because... I feel like that's happened before with me, not me getting defensive, but other people getting defensive. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. But to go back to your question that you asked me, like how does the intersection between uh, cultural identity go with my podcast or with my business? I would say they're both pretty much the same answer. And that is for me, I know generational wealth was not taught to me mm -hmm. and that's a heavy topic as well. And I had to basically learn on my own uh, because both of my parents didn't teach me this is, you know, the importance of your finances or the importance of, you know, real estate, those type of things. And so I feel like if you teach the masses or teach, you know, certain communities, they will thrive. And I've had this discussion on the podcast that I have, and it's basically starting really at a really young age, like teaching the youth, like those type of things I feel like are important that are lacking or missing in uh, the BIPOC communities. And I think that as long as I have my best foot forward and I am communicating with, you know, people that I help uh, more so like the BIPOC community. Like, I feel like I've done my job type of thing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with the platform of the podcast, I feel like it's important to have that platform to educate the masses because we have, we have that opportunity. We have the freedom of speech or whatnot. So it's just like, I know that I'm doing something good and I feel like when people do do good or give back, I feel like that comes back to you. And that's the reason why that's part of the reason why I do those type of things, just because I know it's good to do good, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's good to do good. <laughs> yeah, it is and like, 
but in so many different ways, like it's good to do good for yourself, but it's good to do good for other people. And it's just like a ripple effect, right? Yep. It's like a simple statement, but it's not that simple. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's my analytical mind getting too into that statement. <laughs> so how easy or difficult was it for you to find what you needed to become a real estate agent, a realtor? So for me, because I have the experience like of college and stuff like that, I feel like college, what college has done for me is taught me how to be a researcher, like, mm-hmm. you know, going online or going to the library and finding what I need for my answers. So I felt like during that time frame, I was able to, um, like college life or whatnot, I was able to um, basically figure out the steps or the process of what I needed to do, like to get my real estate license. Um, And also the importance of going out there, or if there's someone like in your life that is a positive influence, or like a mentor or anything like that, whether it's a family member or a friend or just someone that you work with, I feel like maybe ask them questions or see if they can direct you to uh, someone else or ask them directly like, hey, like, what do you think my best strengths are? Or what do you think my my weaknesses are? Like just Mm -hmm. sit down with them and have a conversation and see where that takes you. Because like I had that with a family member and this was like right after I finished like college for my bachelor's and it was somewhat of a conversation along the lines, like, well, what do you, you know, what do you want to do now? You know, I'm sure a lot of people has had that conversation with their family or friends, like, well, what are you going to do now? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just had someone there to, kind of guide me like, okay, well, we know you're interested in this. We know you're interested in that. And that's where it kind of started. And that's where the light bulb went off in my head about like urban planning. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, not to make like this whole question really long or my answer really long, but I think the importance of just doing a lot of research online, like find what your interests are and just, being really disciplined and not getting discouraged. I think that you can really go far, um, regardless of like the outside noises and what else other people say, or, you know, take money out of the equation. I know people, you know, want to make money or whatnot. I think that it's, uh, whatever idea you have brewing to your, in your inside or in yourself, I think that's what's important. Hmm. Yeah, that's really important. It's so difficult to take money out of the equation, but it's actually better. Like I've also been learning a lot of things about myself and money. And yeah, like what you said, like take money out of the equation. When you take money out of the equation, it's so much easier. You're so much happier and you're focused on what you need to do instead of focusing on like, oh my God, is this going to work? or not work because of money? Is this work going to work? And there's so much indecisiveness. Um, But if you take money out of the equation and you just focus on knowing and trusting yourself to 
to getting whatever you need to do done, then it it just flows a lot easier. And the outcome's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So how was it for you to get your first client? Because I know you worked in real estate and learned a lot of stuff about real estate. And yeah, there's in the real estate industry, there's so many different Oh my God, there's so many different roles. There's so many different professions. There's so many different capacities that people can work in and make money from real estate. I don't know if, I don't know if you know this, but my dad's been a real estate agent since I was 10 years old and not just, oh, wow. okay. so I know a lot about real estate because my, yeah, we used to go to open houses on Sundays. We'd go to church, brunch, open houses. That's what we would do. <laughs> that was our family Sunday outing. <laughs> so um, I actually know a lot about the real estate industry. Not only my dad, but his sister. He has three sisters. All three of them are either real estate agents or loan agents or any something like that. And then my sister is a loan agent and my brother-in-law, her husband is a real estate agent as well. And they're all here in the Bay Area. So, I mean, I know we've driven as far as Yuba City to look at property to Merced, Modesto, like all kinds of places. So I, I've, I know. <laughs> and I also you know, know, huh? I said, you know, all the, uh, the background and how things really get down. That's yeah. cool though. You, that that's a lot of family. You guys can have your own business basically. Like yeah. all your tias and theos and your dad. Yeah, for sure. And then I think like my cousins now in it, like one of my aunts, her son's now in it. Um, one of my other aunts, her daughters are getting into it too. And actually almost a year ago, I signed up to take uh, real estate courses. So I've completed some of them. Um, but yeah, I'm on the path to get my real estate license because I want to get into commercial real estate. All, okay. of, all of my family is in um, residential real estate. Yeah. But um, about a year ago or so, now I'm getting into talking about myself. <laughs> but anyway, this this just like really was like making me think like, oh my God, we are so aligned in so many ways. I didn't even know. Because um, I, I know you in some ways, but I don't, you know what I mean? Like this conversation is bringing up other things. About a year ago or so, I just really felt compelled to like, like real estate, real estate. But I'm just like so turned off by residential real estate. No offense. But <laughs> I feel like it's just not, it's not for me, right? So I'm, and a lot of my family members have tried to convince me or get into residential. But then I just, nobody in my family does commercial. So I don't really know a lot about it. But because I work with a lot of business owners and they started asking me questions like, hey, I want to move my home-baked business into a retail space. Like, how do I do that? So then like, I know a little bit about real estate and stuff like that. And I started researching things like that, but commercial real estate is a whole nother beast that like, I don't really know that much about. So I started looking into it and I'm like, I like this. <laughs> I was like, I like this part of it. Um, so then, yeah, I decided to start working on it, but little by little, I've been getting my little quizzes done here and there. Um, 
my goal was to complete it and get my license by this past summer, but then COVID came and there was a whole nother stuff. I like, I couldn't really focus on that because I needed to focus on other things. Um, I actually worked with my dad as a transaction coordinator for his business um, about a year ago for like about six months, six, seven months. So I've also done that. <laughs> That's good. You have a lot of experience and there's so many people that you can uh, reach out to for education or for a question if you had one. That's a lot of family members. We're going to have to connect afterwards or you're going to have to connect. <laughs> That's a lot of people, you know? Yeah. You have a good backbone with all in that field. Yeah. Um, yeah, not only that, like my dad's cousins, um, he also has like one, two, three, four, five, six cousins or children of cousins. Like there are my second cousins that are all That's also awesome. in real estate as well. And everybody's in the Bay Area. So, um, but anyway, like I said, nobody really focuses on commercial real estate. So, and, and also one of the things that I noticed and this is was like, um, I told you before we started recording is that I used to go to Mercados to do podcast recordings, right? And I started noticing last year, there's just like a lot of empty retail spaces. But for a really long time, I don't know how long, even maybe when I was a kid, I would always pay attention and notice abandoned buildings. And just I would feel something like, oh, like I would feel sad, like, oh, that's yeah, same. building. Like, oh my God, like I see so much potential. Like, I don't know, but I never really thought of anything like when I would think about that stuff. Um, but late, like for the past like year, year and a half, for a couple of years, I was thinking like, can't we just use this like vacant retail space for like, can't can we just rent it out for like, a weekend event or a one day event. And I'm just like, how does commercial real estate work? So like, that's really when I started thinking about that. I'm like, there's so much space and there's so many people looking for space and creating spaces for themselves. Like, why can't we just have, I know so many small businesses that can't afford to pay a retail space to open up their own store. It just costs way too much money when you're a small business or you're a solo entrepreneur but if we but if businesses get together and create like a cooperativa or something and then they rent out a retail space for like a weekend or one weekend a month and do monthly pop-ups together like a monthly pop-up mercado inside of a retail space instead of doing it at a parking lot or something right I'm like why can't that happen? I'm like, it's just a contract. Like real estate is all about legality and negotiation. And if the numbers, if the numbers are right and that's it, right? That's it. That's what it's all about. And I'm like, why can't this happen? Or why hasn't it happened already? And I'm just like, that's because there's nobody fighting for small business owners in commercial real estate. So that really is what motivated me to go after and decide like I need to get my commercial real estate license because I need to advocate for a small Latino, Latina, Latinx, um, Afro Latino uh, business owners because <laughs> we need to continue to build bridges between all of our communities and these 
big industries that seem so big and scary, but they're really not. Yeah, that's a lot, girl. All of that. I think that you're going to definitely, okay, first off, I would have to say like, I hope you're not beating yourself up because you didn't meet your deadline for completing your, okay, good. Okay, good. No, because COVID came and all the DRE closed and I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'm I'm not pressuring myself to do this. Like I'll get my license whenever I need to get it. (laughs) Yeah, that's how, I mean, that's how it was for me. Like it was kind of a journey. Like I slowly took classes and then I slowly like did my tests. Like I, I basically, I took my time. Like I was Mm -hmm. not in a rush or I gave myself deadlines, but at the same time I was like, okay, like I'm not going to be so hard on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and then similar to you, like I, when I was in property management, I would get that question a lot. Like, oh, do you have your real estate license? Do you have your real estate license in the back of my head? Like, I'm like, okay, like that's on my like list of things to do or my bucket list. And then finally I got it, but I, I can totally relate to what you were saying. Uh, As far as like the commercial real estate side, like I think your vision or your goal is really on point. Um, I'm looking forward to see what happens and how you advocate uh, for the small businesses because it's important for sure. Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of like the pop-ups and like just having one central location, like there are people who do it. Like it's, uh, it is a thing and they are really fun. Like I've been to them and it's, uh, it is a process, like you said, like legal, legal, uh, legal things and signing away, like, you know, Mm -hmm. a contract and whatnot. But like, if you are there and you are educated and you have your license and you know what the heck to do, then hell yeah. Like, I, I could vision that I could see that happening and I am putting into the universe that you are going to do some really great things for the community. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. So that concludes my portion of interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> now let's go back to you. <laughs> I know that's so funny. Like I, uh, I can totally relate like what's going on right now too, just because I have the experience of being a podcaster so I'm just like okay like I have a quick little break (laughs) (laughs) yeah and now I'd like to take a little break do you want to grow your business but you don't know where to start no worries I can help visit giselmartin.square.site to sign up for one of my online workshops Learn how to grow your business by analyzing your sales in my profit and loss workshop or learn how to create more calls to action with a marketing strategy. I have a gift for you. For being a Relate and Elevate listener, check the show notes of this episode for a special $40 off discount code on any of my workshops. Hope to see you at my next workshop. So um, getting back on track, <laughs> what is, what's your favorite technological tool that you use for your business or your podcast? Yeah, I, so I'm glad you asked this question because um, for me, what I see, and there's probably a lot of realtors who can attest this and could relate or whatnot, and that is 
real estate is not going to be the same how it was like last year or the year before. Um, it's always been like that. But at the same time, um, we do live in the Bay Area. Silicon Valley is in the 408. So it's like we're right there. Like that's our, those are our sisters. Right. And um, this is where technology gets developed. And we have this opportunity to kind of be guinea pigs um, mm-hmm. when it comes to technology being rolled out or whatnot. And for real estate, this is definitely a time of shifts and change for the better, because when technology comes out in real estate, it makes your life easier. Mm-hmm. So there are many different products that I do use. Um, I wouldn't say like I'm so stuck on it, but like there are um, like a CRM is what like my database and my contacts like I have like I that's I'm on that daily uh, and that's called KV Core. And then I also there's like a new rollout called High Note, and that's basically like this cool presentation. Um, do you remember like PowerPoint, like how PowerPoint was very uh, utilized, like, I don't know, a few years ago or a while back? Well, this is catered towards setting things out to our clients or the other side of the transaction to make things smoother. Um, so oh, it's, so it's like you create a presentation that like anybody can see and go through yeah. on their own. Yeah, basically. And you can actually see like how often that they're looking at this presentation or what they're focusing on, like whatever you have in your presentation, say it's like a buyer's consultation or something, or, um, you are trying to educate the buyer on how to buy a home and like, they're looking a lot at like the lending aspect of things, then that means that you want to connect them right away, obviously to a lender, or you want to make sure they're tapping in with their lender. if They already have one. So it's things like that. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. So I love data too. I'm a research nerd too. Yeah. No things. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty cool. I know that there's going to be a lot other of other things that are going to be surfacing um, coming up soon. I know with realtors, uh, a lot of us had to pivot during COVID. And so there have been like virtual tours. Um, mm-hmm. There are no open houses right now. And so when it comes to virtual tours, um, I've seen a lot of bad things. And then I've also seen really great things. Um, Bad meaning like shaky phones or like (laughs) horrible pictures that they post on um, social media or like, you know, just it's. That's unfortunate because I know from my lots of years of experience of going to open houses that um, uh, it's a home has to be attractive first and uncluttered uncluttered and attractive Mm -hmm. you have to be able to see yourself living there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like the less mess the better or the less personal items in your home the better Mm -hmm. uh, because the buyer does need to visualize themselves in that home Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to like the tools like the video aspect of things that's also like elevating and going, um, 
to higher standards as well. Like you have drones and you have just uh, 3D virtual tours, uh, like what we're doing right now, we're on a Zoom call. So a lot of times, um, you know, there's Zoom buyers consultations or Mm -hmm. there's virtual open houses. uh, So you can get on with your client and just do a tour uh, and, Um, what I mentioned, like with the shaky phone, like that being really bad, like there's tools out there where you can put your phone like on a mini tripod and you can just like go Mm. in the house and just have it. Yeah. And it swivels. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a handheld and it turns into a tripod. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Fancy ones. But then they have some that are like not that fancy and it does the job. It's okay. Yeah. And it's budget friendly. Like I have one and I, I've utilized it. And I think that that's the path that we're going now. Like there's a standard, there's a bar. And if you want to gain, you know, clients and you want clients to trust you, like you have to have these type of tools or you have to have this type of mindset. Like we are in a digital world right now and you have to move forward. So that, that is what I would have to say about like the, um, the tools and real estate. There's like so many different ones. And I feel like there's going to be so much more like coming up. Yeah, like we, so Oh, sorry. Technology tools, technological tools are always changing and always yeah. coming new. So yeah, just really staying up to date with them. Yeah. And like to, to not plug my real estate, uh, brokerage that I work for, but, uh, radius agent realty is, uh, who I just, um, signed with, I want to say like two or three months ago. Um, yeah, around that, but basically they're also a tech driven, they're a virtual brokerage. And so I also Mm. see the shift of traditional brokerages being not necessarily, not necessarily obsolete, but like their business program or their business plans are going to have to change because like this company that I work for, they are, you know, a flat fee brokerage and like you're basically saving realtors money by not having to pay like office fees and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and- I was going to say for those people who don't know, what does that mean? What is flat f- flat fee brokerage mean? Yes. So flat fee brokerage basically means that you're not paying office fees. You're not paying like marketing fees uh, because there are hidden fees when you are signing on to brokerages. And for example, I have a colleague of mine who was at a different brokerage and she was paying like an office fee of like $550 a month at a brokerage, a traditional brokerage that you know, mom and pop brokerage or, um, a mainstream one. And to me, that's a lot of money, uh, for a month, you know, like $550, you can use that towards your advertising or towards your marketing. So when her and I had this conversation, I was like, Whoa, girl, like that's a lot of money. And she was like, I was thinking that, but I wasn't sure. And yeah, so it's just having those. Yeah. For people who don't know, It kind of works kind of like a hair salon. Like yeah. It Okay, so the broker is like the home base station, kind of like the hair salon <laughs> is the home base station. Mm-hmm. And then uh, hair 
or a licensed esthetician or a licensed hairstylist is just like a licensed real estate agent. And you need to operate under a uh, broker, just like a esthetician needs to operate under a hair salon. And there's like, basically, there's like two ways that you pay for that, right? Um, like some uh, hairstylists, they pay a monthly fee to their hair salon to be able to use the chair and all of the, you know, to pay for their chair and to use all of the equipment and everything like that. They just pay the hair salon monthly fee and then you get your own clients. Just like the real estate agent, you pay a monthly fee to the brokerage and then all the money has to go through the brokerage and then they pay you, right? They take their cut and then the money goes to the real estate agent. Um, then the other way is you just pay a flat fee per transaction or per year or something yes, like that. Yes, it's yeah. per transaction. Yeah. yeah. So like with you, you how you had the experience of a transaction coordinator, like mm -hmm. you still have the opportunity to do your own transaction coordination, which means you basically do all your own paperwork and make sure that the uh, contract is nice and tidy and, you know, you're when it comes to auditing or anything like that, you're on point. Like you have the opportunity to do that on your own. But as a realtor, I would not suggest that just because it's a lot of work. That's like a whole job within itself. Mm -hmm. And you, that's not your first priority. So that is included with like your flat fees. So mm. you have the option though to pay that and then also whatever it is. But that's the concept behind them. And it's been working out really great. Um, I have a lot of support with them. And the reason why I brought them up is because of tech, how we were having the conversation about tech, but they are uh, tech driven, like mm -hmm. the CFO and the CEO of the company, they have tech backgrounds. And so that is what's important is you have these people who have started the company who are already in the tech industry and know the importance of tech when you're running a business now. And that's what I'm excited about is because if this company can make life simpler when it comes to handling a transaction from start to finish and being super efficient, like I am excited to see that taking place. And so far it's been like that, like whatever tools that have been requested by uh, either myself or other people who are already within this organization, it's been great. Like they've been really on top of it. And I think that, um, I don't know, as we grow as a business, I think things are going to start coming along and things are going to start being more um, efficient when it comes to the transaction, because that's important. Like the less mm -hmm. time you take on the, like the efficiency or like making sure like the transaction and paperwork mm -hmm. is all good and stuff like you have more time to focus on other projects or focus on other clients so yeah we'll see what happens yeah in real estate there's a lot of paperwork yep <laughs> and just when you think the paperwork is done there's more paperwork yep <laughs> um do you have any advice for anyone who wants to have a culturally specific like service profession or wants to go into real estate, but really wants to stick to specific 
like cultural or ethnic or anything like any type of ethnicity like to you know is that important does it matter uh i mean i know as a business strategist everyone is not your everyone is not your client you know you do need a target audience but yeah i would say for me so i've been in corporate jobs say um Wait, it is i'm sorry it was frozen so oh, I okay say for me i've been in corporate jobs and then it froze Oh, got it. Okay. Now I could repeat that. So okay, basically, <laughs> yeah, no, basically for me, like I've been in corporate jobs, sales jobs, like throughout my whole uh, career path. And when it comes to being like your authentic self, uh, mm-hmm. like as I've progressed, like I have been more focused on being that is being my authentic self. Uh, I think that when you show who you are, you know, there's certain levels to it and I'm, you know, I'm still learning. Um, I don't know. I'm always learning. Um, Everyone's always learning. And I think that there is a way to still be professional and still be your authentic self. And I would attest to, you still being able to rock who you are, like if that's culturally or like, for instance, for me, like you can see, like I have red hair and, you know, people, (laughs) when I first got into real estate, like on the residential side, I would get comments like, you know, um, like, oh, dang girl, like you keep changing your hair color, but like, this is, has been me like throughout my whole, like, me mm-hmm. dying since I started dyeing my hair. So it's just an example of me. This is my authentic self. Like, you know, if you don't want to work with me, that's fine. But I know there's other people out there that who will be down to work with me regardless of mm-hmm. the color of my hair. So it's like those type of things where it's like not being afraid to uh, get criticized or not being afraid to um, like just having the confidence cookie cutter exactly (laughs) having the confidence of yourself and not being a little cookie cutter real estate agent with a seat and a briefcase and yes um and like I said there's like levels to it like I think that um once you lose that focus of your culture focus of like your what your mission is or what your what your um pathway is I think that's where people kind of um get upset at like within themselves or like get upset um meaning like oh like I effed up or something or like I'm not happy or and it's because you're not um Hmm. it goes back to you like you're not being your authentic self or you're not like living Hmm. your truth basically so I would just say live your truth and focus on the, uh, what's important to you, what's your mission. And I think that you'll, you know, do great things. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Cause when we're trying to do something that we're not, it feels so like out of whack. Right. And our body knows it and our feelings know it. And, and that's why there's so many miserable people in this world because they're not being true to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had no constraints, would you start another business and what would it be? 
Yeah. So with that, I actually, so I haven't even brought this up in the podcast yet. Um, but, uh, when it comes to balance, I would have to say, and having no constraints, I try to practice that a lot. Uh, and you, you practice having no constraints. That's so cool. Yeah, I try. I mean, I try to, I would say like, it is difficult because yourself is your worst critic. Mm-hmm. And I, um, one of my mantras for like 2021 is like to not fear yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, um, I try to practice that, but it is difficult. It is hard. And one of the things though, that I have accomplished, um, and 2019 was I got my um, uh, certification, 200 uh, hour certification for yoga. So I am also a a yogi, a practitioner. Um, So that's been- That's so cool. Yeah. That's been really helpful just because, um, you know, meditation and getting your mind, body, spirit is important too, is making sure you have- that clarity. Um, and it, it's helped me. It's definitely helped me. A lot of times people think that yoga is just like, uh, white women and Lulu lemon or whatever the heck that brand's name is. But it's so interesting. Um, when we think of yoga and when we think of self-care and when we think of things like that, we always think of like white men, privileged white men or white women or yeah, that it really comes from it's deeply ingrained and deeply rooted from brown people all over the world. Yeah, for sure. And that's and that's what I learned, you know, like when I did my training, um, it was definitely healing. It was uh, it was great. And I'm looking forward to also focusing a lot on that this coming year, um, rolling out some special things for that and um, like doing pop-ups, like you said, and having um, a community around self-care and having a community around um, just mental awareness because besides the aspect of people just assuming, oh, yoga is only for white people or white women who, I don't know, I don't want to be so racist, but like that should not steer you into not doing it just because it's a self, um, it's a self-care aspect and it is something that needs to be more open and discussed in the BIPOC community because it's not um Mm -hmm. and there's levels to it like it's not just stretching it's like a whole like um meditative and clarity and spirituality to it like getting connected to oneself and Mm -hmm. yeah I can get into that as well but um Mm -hmm. that's just uh something that I have also chosen as a pathway um when it came to your question of uh having no uh, constraints. I think that I, I did that with that just because I, um, I know the importance of it. I know somewhere, somehow it's going to, um, help me along the way with my business and what I'm going to do. So you're already doing it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's so cool. Um, we didn't actually really talk about this, but why are you the sole realtor? Not not the soul, like S-O-U-L, like your alma, but the soul, like the sun, right? What? How did that come about? Yeah, so for me, um, you remember how I mentioned, there's a, there's a couple of things around that, but you know how I mentioned earlier about um, like how my favorite color is orange? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like I've, I've always gravitated towards that. And I, I don't know, for some reason, I've always gravitated towards the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's important to have like my identity or my, um, I don't want to say my brand because that's kind of corporate but like it is important well, to like. Brand is your business identity. Yeah. So that um, is, I wanted to brand myself because it's important um, in this day and age to have yourself out there like that, not be attached so much to who you work for, but being attached to your individual self. Um, But that's why I chose um, the sole realtor, um, just because I do gravitate towards you know, the, the element of the sun. And I wanted to incorporate that in my business. Um, and it also goes with my, um, like on the yoga side of things too. Um, there's like just me being in tune with that. And I think that by me utilizing it in my branding, like I'll be able to stick to my, my path. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I mean, and saying the word brand is not very corporate. I get I get how you can say that, but yeah. I like how you have your person intertwined with your business identity, which is your brand. Yeah. I kind of have a similar way too. But it all stems back to the same thing of like being authentic to who you are, um, living your truth and that's also for your business as well, right? Um, even though your business operates as a separate entity, you like it came from us, right? It came from you. So it stems from you. So there is a part yeah. of you. And that's why they say like, do what you love and love what you do and, you know, be passionate about what you do because it that's that's the personal connection to the business. And though we do have to set up systems to make it work and, you know, on its own and all these other things and have people on your team to make it happen. But, um, but at the very, very core of it, it is so important that our personal identity and is tied to our business identity. And when I work with businesses and we begin defining their brand, I asked them, like, what's the purpose of your business? And I also asked them, what's your personal purpose for creating this business? So for me, the purpose question is twofold. You know, your, what's your, pers- your, your purpose and the business's purpose? And it's different, but it's also connected. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that you asked that. It's important. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Because then we always go back to why did we start this business, right? <laughs> or why are we doing this? It doesn't have to be a business. It could be a project, right? It could be like, why, why did I decide to do this? <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, thank you so much, Angelica, for being here and sharing your stories and um, sharing everything, like so much great information. Um, where can people find you? Um, you are licensed in the state of California, right? Yeah. And so where can people find you? Do you have a website? Um, you said you have a remote brokerage, but do you have a physical location um, and all your social media platforms? Please share with us. Goodness gracious. <laughs> so on IG, I have uh, the sole realtor, uh, SOL realtor. Uh, and then for my, um, I'm on LinkedIn, just type in my first and last name. And then also I'm on many different platforms. I'm on Zillow. Um, I'm on Yelp. I'm on Google. Uh, you'll find me out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Facebook. I don't utilize Facebook as much. Um, I'm more of an IG person and I also have for what's up real estate. We're on there as well on IG uh, what's up re and then also our podcast is uh, our um, our website is uh, what's up real estate show.com so you can also find us on there mm -hmm. oh that's so cool so many different ways to find you all over the internet <laughs> I know it's like a I, I don't know I like it but I don't like it when I started getting more like into the business and stuff and having to create all of that, it's, it's a little nerve wracking just because you have yourself out there. Um, mm -hmm. because I was like kind of under the radar prior to that. Like I just didn't really want to be like social, but at the same time, it's like, you know, when I am creating a business and I am creating, um, you know, a platform for people to speak what they have to say, like, that's important. Like, you know, I want people to find me and I want people to connect with me. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. I really, really appreciate your time. Like we probably could continue having all these different conversations and be here for five more hours. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I got to know you. And um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.